Hey, grab your Bibles. I hope you brought a Bible to church. Coming to church without a Bible just doesn't make a lot of sense. So grab your Bibles, or uh, if it's on your device, uh, you can pick that up as well. Uh, you could be looking at Facebook. I really don't know. Uh, but uh, grab that. Let's ask God to speak to our hearts today as we open God's Word. Father, thank you for God's Word. Thank you for the Bible. It's more than a collection of stories. God, I believe this is God's word to my life, and so I open my heart today. Whatever you want to say to me, my answer is yes. I want to leave here better, strengthened, encouraged, challenged in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody shout amen. amen. Come on, you can do better than that. Shout a good amen. amen. Everybody at Church Online, you need to type a good amen. Make sure you're sharing this message with a friend uh, who uh, needs to hear uh, this message today. Uh, I am starting a new four-part series, and this is really, I, I love this sort of season of our church. I love the fall for a lot of different reasons. Uh, I love the fall because I get to dress as though we actually have four seasons in Texas, even though we don't. You know what I mean? Uh, I love it. And my thoughts are, if you girls can wear Ugg boots and oversized sweaters, I'm wearing sweaters. I don't care if it's 97 degrees or not. Doesn't matter to me. Uh, if pumpkin spice is out, I'm putting on a sweater. Come on, somebody. That's just the way it is. And I love this season in church life as well because we kind of really make a turn in our church life and we focus for the really the remainder of the year on, on others. Our, our whole church is focused on others. The Church of Jesus Christ, interestingly, is the only organization on the earth built for people who don't currently attend but but really every fall we kind of make a really hard shift in our programming and, and even in what I preach to you so that we can turn our attention uh, to others and reaching the lost and people in your world and friends and family and neighbors and coworkers. And so I wanted to give you a couple of weeks where I connect in your mind the mission that God has for you to do. How many of you know God has something for you to do with your life? That you were not made to just live and die and pay bills and pay taxes and, 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 then, and then it's all over with. And, and if, if we have a good time, that's great. Or if things go well, that's great. If we have a couple of kids, hopefully they look like their mama. If, if, you know, if, things go, if, if we're able to buy a few things or, or whatever, but I, I don't really, that's all. I'm just trying to get by. And if you just try to get by, listen to me, Christianity is going to be the worst experience you have. It just isn't going to make sense because Christianity is not something that you just get by. Jesus called it an abundant life. Say amen to that, everybody. That means Jesus didn't just come to keep you out of hell. He came so you didn't live in hell on earth. I'll say it differently and, and better so you'll grab a hold of it. You got saved not just so you could go to heaven when you die. You got saved so you didn't live in hell as you stay alive. And so many people I know are on their way to heaven living in hell. They're, they're saved. They just haven't connected to the purpose God has in their life. And they don't live their lives fulfilled and full of joy and on purpose. And they don't get up every day happy. You know these kind of Christians. I don't, I don't, I don't like to see them in H-E-B because they are mean and they run over you with their buggy. You know what I'm talking about? And the masks have made it worse. I don't know why y'all think we don't know it's you being all rude behind there. We still know. Like we still know it's you. 
and we don't talk to anybody. Have you noticed this with our mask on? I, like I say hi and like you can't hear me. So then I'm screaming behind my mask. I'm, I'm chasing you down. I'll sneeze on you and, and I'm going to make you say hi to me. I don't, know why, I don't know why it is that sometimes Christians feel like, well, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm saved, but it doesn't connect to, what I, to how I live my life Monday through Friday. Let me, let me go ahead and tell you right now, if your Christianity doesn't work Monday through Friday, then your faith isn't working at all. If, if it hasn't changed your life, if it hasn't improved your marriage, if it hasn't increased your capacity to love people who aren't like you, who vote different than you. I thought I'd say that just for y'all. I didn't even write that down. If it, doesn't, if it doesn't encourage you when you get down and you get low, if it hasn't given you purpose and calling in your life, if it isn't life-changing and life-giving and spirit-empowered, then it's not Bible Christianity. It may be some other form of Christianity that you know. It may be religion you were taught when you were a child. But in this Bible, that isn't Christianity. Bible Christianity changes everything in my life for the rest of my life. Shout amen to that, everybody. It's more than just Sundays. It's more than just the one hour we're together here. And if this is all you know about Christianity and it hasn't affected Monday through Friday in your life, you're missing the best part that Jesus came to give you. So this series of the next four weeks, and I love the, the opening of a series. I love the first weekend of a series because I get to sort of give you the whole foundation for where we're going the next couple of weeks. And I'm going to connect your life to your faith. I want to connect the profession of your faith to the profession of your choice. Amen, everybody? Like what I do with my life matters. This is a purpose series. This is a calling series. This is a I'm going to make a difference with my life kind of series. If you don't like that kind of preaching, you're probably not going to like this church because I preach that way a whole lot. But this series is all about you recognizing that Jesus didn't save you for an hour on Sunday. He saved you so you could change the world on a Tuesday and a Wednesday and a Thursday. That your life can make a difference. Today starts this annual season every year. If you've been around City Hills very long, we just celebrated our fourth birthday. For now, that yeah, thank <laughs> thank you. That was last week or two weeks ago, but you're still celebrating. Um, for those of you who don't know, every October we sort of turn the tide on a season we call Legacy. And this is our legacy season that we're entering. And we sort of near the holidays and the end of the year. And we start focusing on what we could do together. What could God do through us together? And I think it's the best thing I preach all year, honestly. Because I think it's the heartbeat of, of Jesus and that is that he's empowering a church to change the world. You realize that the church is God's plan A and there is no plan B to change the world. You, I, I decided to preach politics today. You realize that no political party is anointed by Jesus to change the world. That you are anointed by Jesus to change the world. You realize that no government system is anointed by God to bring peace and joy and fulfillment and happiness and satisfaction. That the church of Jesus Christ, you are the anointed of God to bring peace and hope and love and care. And Are you there? Yes. That that's what God's called you to do. And what could we do if we do that together? If we lived our lives in such a way that we realize 
and I'm going to make a difference with my life. And the next four weeks really sort of set us up for the biggest and best thing we do all year for you to reach the lost. And I want to tell you about it today because today we are four weeks away. Everyone write this in your notes. We are four weeks away from at the movies at City Hills, everybody. It's just the best thing we do all year long. Uh, it kicks off in four Sundays, November uh, the 8th uh, is uh, opening weekend of At The Movies. And we're launching two services that day, 9 and 10.30, two opportunities for you to bring friends and coworkers and neighbors with you that day. It's just the best time. It's, it's, it's the most exciting thing I think we do all year long. Our team goes above and beyond. Uh, we have already begun production on At The Movies uh, we started that a few weeks ago, and honestly, I think this is the best season we've ever done of At The Movies. Um, I think it's going to be life-changing. I think the messages and the movies I'm bringing you are going to be life-changing, and uh, I think it's the best time for you to bring a friend. And so over the next couple of weeks, I really want you to keep your eyes open and your heart ready for who can I bring. Matter of fact, next week we'll have invite cards. Everything you see on social media, I want you to share and invite and bring people with you. Uh, there's just nothing like a personal invitation to at the movies. So as we head that way, let me dive into what it means to be made for Mondays. How many of you dread Monday morning? Would you just be honest and raise your hand and say, I dread this. There's hands up. There's some honest people. The rest of you, there's an altar call at the end of service. <laughs> Just dread going in on Mondays uh, for a, a season uh, in my ministry. Uh, we took Mondays off in the church that I worked at. And so I did not dread Mondays, but my Tuesdays were my Mondays. And so I hated Tuesdays. So I got to hate two days every week. I, I, got, I got, like it took me longer to hate into my week. And so many people hate going into Mondays. We've turned Monday into moan day, you know, I hate this, and where'd the weekend go, and I don't want to go to school, and I don't want to go to work, and I don't like what I do, and I don't like who I do it with, and I just, I don't want to be here, and anybody know that feeling, like, like that what, what's happening in my life on Sunday is so vibrant, and the weekends are amazing, and I love my church so much, and I love being here, and I love serving, and I love worshiping God, and then that Sunday night starts rolling around, and you start thinking, oh, man, I got to go back to Monday. I got to go back to this normal, average, below average life, and and I got to go back to that career that I just don't absolutely love. And I don't know what to do. You know, I, I did some uh, reading about Mondays. Did you know in America that heart attacks are increased by 25% on Mondays? There are 25% more heart attacks on Mondays than any other day of the week. More, more people have heart attacks. You just decide, I just don't want to do it. You, even your heart says, I'm done. I'm done. Don't bring me back there. I don't even want to do this today. Suicide rates in, in America are highest on Mondays than the other six days of the week. More people commit suicide on a, on a Monday than any other day of the week. Because, because they're facing a life with no purpose. And seems like there's no fulfillment, no joy, and no satisfaction. And what am I going to do? And Mondays get so many people down physically and emotionally and spiritually. But look at me, look in my eyes. That is not God's plan 
for you. We don't act like the world acts. We don't think like the world thinks. We don't respond the way the world responds. Can I get a better amen, everybody? We don't think like NBC or ABC or Netflix. We've got a biblical world view. We've got a Christ-centered world view. So I don't view Mondays like the rest of the world does. I don't view my work like the rest of the world does. I don't view my but what I do for a living or school or university like the rest of the world. I view what I do on Monday... As the calling of God in my life to make a difference with my life. Shout amen to that, everybody. I'm going to show it to you in your Bible. Open your Bibles to Romans. <coughs> Romans, the 12th chapter. Romans 12 and 1. I'm going to read it to you out of the message paraphrase. I just like the way Eugene Peterson says this. You can find it in another translation. I like the message for this particular passage. Romans 12 and 1. Here's what the Bible says. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Underline God helping you. Because if you don't have God helping you on Monday and on Tuesday, it's going to be a heck of a week, everybody. You know what I'm saying? If you don't don't walk in the Spirit every day of your life, if the only day you pray, worship, hear from God, hear worship music is Sunday, it could be why Tuesday isn't working. I'm preaching better than you're amening today. Here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping. You're eating. So I, I appreciate the way the Bible puts this in order of what's most important. You're sleeping and eating and going to work. And then notice he does put jogging at the end. Sleeping, eating, going to work. And then if you've got to walk around, you're walking around life. Every area of your ordinary, normal, everyday life, look at this, and place it before God as an offering. Underline the word offering. Place it before God as an offering. I'm not just here buying time. I'm here creating an offering for God. And I'm embracing what God does for me because that's the best thing I can do for Him. Let me read you that again. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. We can take our everyday life, our everyday average life, our Monday mornings, our Tuesday at work, our Thursday at school, our Fridays that you think, man, if I can just get through one more day and get to the weekend. No, I can take every part of my life, give it back to God, everything I have, everything I make, everything I am, and I'm going to give it to God as an offering. Now my Monday through Friday becomes more than the mundane now it becomes a mission I'm on from God shout amen to that everybody it's an offering it's something I give back to God that's why you have purpose that's why you have calling that's why you have work and there's something God created for you to do with your life shout amen to that I'm going to show it to you all the way back in the beginning. This has always been God's plan for your life. So God creates the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1 uh, accounts all six days of creation and uh, in very succinct order. And, and, and I'll get to what God does first and how God 
operates in creation. But I want you to see something about Genesis 1. I want you to see how important what you do Monday through Friday is. I want you to see how important the life that you lead is more than just Sundays, more than just barely getting by on the weekends, more than just barely getting it through another Monday, another Tuesday. Genesis 1.26, when God thought about you, here's what he said. Genesis 1.26, then God said, let us make mankind, underline this in your Bible, in our image. In our image, in our likeness, or like us. Let's make man like me. So that, okay, so whatever comes next is how God acts. And if God made you like him, it's how you're to act. So that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and the livestock and all of the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. The operative word here is not hunting and fishing is God's plan for your life. However, if you happen to and you want to fish for a holler at your boy. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm just saying. The operative word here is God said, I'm going to make you like me. And I have, the operative word is rule over I'm in charge of. I don't let life happen to me. I'm happening to life. Mondays don't come over me. I get up on Monday and attack Monday morning. I let the devil know, hey, just so you know, this week I'm in charge. I'm ruling here. I'm reigning here. I have dominion here. You're not going to barrel over me, run over me, get me down, depress me, oppress me. I'm not going to live my life under this week. I'm made like God, and God is ruling over everything this week. Shout amen to that, everybody. So keep reading. Verse 27. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28. God blessed them and said to them, I want you to do something with your life. Look into my eyes. The first thing God ever told man was you have purpose. You have something I want you to do. I didn't create you just for you to be here. I didn't create you just to enjoy everything. Look at me. God didn't bless you just so you could enjoy it all. God didn't give you the job that you currently have so you could consume it all, have it all, get more. God, God never gives you something that's just for you. I gave you something because I wanted you to do something with it. So, so God looks at Adam. First thing he ever says to mankind is be fruitful and increase in number, multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. And here it is again, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and every living creature that moves on the ground. I didn't put this on the screen or in your notes, but write this down. You were created by a creator to create. You were created by the creator to create. You were made in the image of a creating God. You were made in the image of a God who's full of ingenuity 
and innovation and idea. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Word is logos in, in, in the Greek. It literally means the thought of God. The thought of God was in the beginning, and it was always moving and active. And the thought of God is always moving and active in your life. You aren't meant to just barely get by in your life. You're meant to be active and creating and moving and thinking like your God acts and moves and thinks and creates. Is it just me today or am I preaching good? You were created by a creator to create. And so many Christians don't create the future, the purpose, the destiny of their lives. They just allow it to wash over them. Listen, not you, but other people at Church Online. They allow it to, to, to wash over them and then they complain about it when it does. Not, not even y'all, the other people who watch it later on in the week. That you, you don't create the destiny that you want. You just complain about the outcomes that you have. When God created you to be a creator, you are designed in the image of God. You're formed in God's fashion. You are masterfully designed to be a designer, to rule, to take dominion, to execute, to produce, to create, to build, and to do it all. Look into my eyes on purpose. You were designed by God to live your life with purpose, with meaning. Christians were designed to wake up on Monday morning with purpose in our step. We were designed to get up on a Wednesday with purpose in our life. The first thing God did in Scripture was go to work. Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created. Then God separated. Then God produced. God went to work. And in Genesis 2, the first thing God tells Adam to do is go to work. Go to work. I've got mission for you. I've got something that your life is supposed to make a difference. If I was Adam, I would have been happier playing nude volleyball. Come on, somebody, in the Garden of Eden for the rest of his life. I had to say something to wake you up. It's the Garden of Eden. This should be easy. <laughs> I shouldn't have to do anything. I shouldn't have to work hard. I shouldn't have to. No, no, no. Adam, you don't understand. If you don't, if you don't get up tomorrow morning with purpose in your life, even the garden is going to become a burden to you. Even paradise is not going to be appealing if you don't realize you've got purpose while you're here. <laughs> so the very thing you're praying for, God, give me purpose paradise God just make it easy okay but when I give it to you you're still going to have to do something with it God give me this dream job okay I'll open up the door and give you the dream job but when I do you're still going to have to do something with it because you were designed by a creator to create and to have purpose and to do something with your life shout amen to that everybody that something matters in my life Genesis 2 15 God tells Adam, here's what I want you to do. The Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden. Underline this in your Bible. To work it and to take care of it. Look at your neighbor and say, work it and take care of it. Look at your other neighbor and say, work it and take care of it. Work it 
and take care. What am I supposed to do on Monday? Work it and take care of it. What am I supposed to do with this house God gave me? It's not the ranch I really want, yeah? But I'm going to work it and I'm going to take care of it. What am I supposed to do with this $12 an hour job when I need more? I'm going to work it and I'm going to take care of it till God gives me something better. What do I do with the relationship I have? I'm going to work it and take care of it because I've got purpose. I'm going to live my life with per- God put me here with purpose. Shout amen to that. The dream, the calling, the work, the school, the college, the family you've been given is not something for you to complain about. It's something for you to work and take care of. You've got a job to do. I've got a job to do. And some people just take care of it. They just protect it. I've met people who just very isolationist and very protectionist, and I just, I'm just going to keep what I got, and and and, and I'm going to, I'm going to hold on to it and make sure I don't lose it. I'm going to, I'm going to lean back with it and be, I'm going to guard it. I'm going to be satisfied. This is good enough. But they never work it, and they never grow it, and they never multiply it. And then I met other people who just they work on it, and and, and they're, they're constantly working and growing and do, but they never take care of it and cherish it and respect it and honor it and use it for something bigger than themselves. And God said, "You got to work it, and you got to take care of it. Everything in your life." I'm telling you, this is the answer to your question. What's the purpose of my life? What am I supposed to do with my life? I get it more than I get any other thing as a pastor in 20 plus years of, of vocational ministry. What am I supposed to do in my life? You're supposed to work what you've got and take care of what God gave you. Work it and take care of it. Work it and take care of it. The New Testament tells a parable of a master who goes on a long trip. And he, and, and he brings together his servants and he entrusts his property to his servants. And according to their abilities, he gives them talents. Let me stop here and tell you. It is not your decision on what God gives you. God knows what you need and what you can handle. And God will give you what you need. Your job is not how much he gave me. My job is what I did with what he gave me. The, the, the quickest way to devalue what you have is to compare it to somebody else. To compare the life you have, the marriage you have, the job you have, the house you have, the husband you have, the kids you have, the career you have. To compare it to what somebody else has. The Bible said the master gave it to them according to their ability. I know what you need. God said. And he gave one of his servants five talents. Don't understand that to be talents like singing, playing, kazoo, juggling. That's not. It's a bag of gold. It's a a money measurement. Actually, a lot of money measurement. He gave one servant five bags of gold, five talents. He gave another servant two talents, measures of money, bags of gold. And the third one received one talent. Talent. Let me again remind you, God will not judge you based on what you received. He'll judge you based on what you did with what you received. It's why I love the principle of tithing in God's word. It's not about, it's not about equal numbers. It's about equal sacrifice. It's that God is demanding the same thing from me that he demands from you. It's that what did you do with what I gave you? Can I get a better amen? So he goes on a long trip. He comes back. You know the story if you've been around the Bible very long. The first two servants doubled what they had been given. Five presented back ten talents, ten bags of gold to his master. 
The one given two talents presented back four, doubled what he'd given. The one with one talent took that talent, told told the master, "I, I was worried. I heard you were a very angry Master, you were hard and, and hard to work for, and so I buried it, but I didn't lose it. I just gave it back to you. And, and the Bible said that when the master returned to the two servants who had doubled, he said, well done, good and faithful servant. But the third one he cast into outer darkness and ganashing of teeth. Come on, somebody. <laughs> because God's plan for you is not just to bury it. It's to work it and take care of it. It's not just to take care of it, it's to work it. It's not just to work it, it's to work it and take care of it. You're supposed to do something. But you don't understand, I'm, I'm just a janitor. I'm, ju- I ju- I'm just a stay-at-home mom. I'm just a sales associate. I'm just a college student. I'm just a nurse. I'm just a landscaper. I'm just a banker. I'm just a receptionist. I'm just a science teacher. No, no, no. Listen to me. Look into my eyes. No, I've been given something by the creator of the universe that God gave me to work it and to take care of it. And how I treat what God's given me determines what the master says when he comes back. I got something God gave me, a group of talents, a group of gold. God gave me some treasure here. And what I do with it matters. The purpose of my life matters work it and take care of it shout amen to that everybody I've been given something God ended every day of the creation story saying it was a good day let me just let me pause here and tell you that's a good way to end your days we, we always pray with our babies at night we lay them in the bed and kneel by their beds and, and we pray with them and their prayers are super funny uh, most times, but but we always think uh, uh, Henry, uh, my youngest, who uh, is six now. He says phrases that he thinks he hears when we pray, or that he that he hears his mama or or I pray, but when he says them back, they don't come out exactly right. And I'm not going to correct him, and you better not either. So every night, his first prayer is, "Dear God, bless our blessings." I don't know what that means. I don't know why he says that. I don't know why bless our blessings. I feel like they're already blessed, but I'm, I just go with it. Thank you for this wonderful day, he says. There's something about laying your head down at night and going, I don't have everything that I want. Today didn't go every way that I wanted it to go. I wish things were different, but today was a good day. God gave me this day. God gave me the gifts and talents of my life. God gave me something to do today. God gave me a family today. God gave me a marriage. Is it the marriage that I wish it was? No, but we're getting there. And God gave it to me today. God gave me the relationships we have today. God gave me my kids. Are they the kids that I wish they were turning out to be? No, we're going through a hard season right now. This is a tough time. But God gave me these kids. I'm, I'm thankful for what I... Are you catching what I'm telling you? It was good. God said it was good. Good every single day of creation was good. And that attitude, look at me, it, it transfers to Adam. Not one time do you find Adam complaining about getting up tomorrow and doing the thing God told him to do. You mean another day of ruling fish and naming animals. 
You mean to tell me, God, i got to get up again tomorrow morning and dominate all the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky. He never complains about a Monday because he heard his creator talk about how good everything was. That when Adam went to bed every night, it was good. Everything in his life was good. Write this down. First thing I want you to hear today, and i got to hurry, is that my work is from God, and it's good. My work... Is from God. The operative word there is from. Work comes from God. God gave me this. This was God's idea. And it's good. It's good. It's good. Wake up tomorrow morning saying, It's not perfect, but it's good. It's not everything. But it's good. You'll change everything in your marriage. Men, some of you, I'm telling you, you'll have a better week if you'll just go to bed tonight after dinner if you'll say, you know, that was good. <laughs> and, you, and you may have to like swallow down something else. Come on, somebody. You may have to yeah, just, man, that was good. Today was a good day. We had a good day. You know how to help your wife? Husbands, let me help you. Look in my eyes. If when you get home every night, instead of the first thing out of your mouth is how terrible it was, how nobody showed up, how hard your work day was, how n- nobody came through with their end of the deal. If you walked in and they said, honey, how was your day? You know, it was a good day. First of all, she'll pass out when you get her up from fainting on the floor. You'll have a better night. Just telling yourself, it's good. My work came from God today. This family came from God. Are you, am I helping anybody today? Here's the second thing, Colossians 3.23. I'm almost done. Come play soft music so they think I'm finishing. It's the universal sign. Colossians, Paul says it like this. Work, I'm going to give you the second thing. The first one is your work comes from God and it's good. Colossians 3.23 says it like this. Work willingly at whatever you do. I love how Paul leaves it wide open. Paul didn't say, well, only if you're doing really great work. Only if you're doing really exciting things like discovering dinosaur bones or whatever, whatever it is that you think is going to give you a, a joy. Uh, uh, only if you're doing really sacred things that really make a difference. Nope. Just work willingly at whatever it is you do as though, underline this in your Bible, you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Second thing you got to get today, my work is from God and my work is for God. My work is from God and my work is for God. It'll change Everything in your life. It'll change the perspective. It'll change your marriage. I'm giving you the number one tool. I'm being honest with you. That will change the outlook in your relationships, in your workplace, in your family dynamic, with your children. That what I do when I get up tomorrow, I'm not complaining anymore about what we don't have. How bad it is. What's not going right. No, no, no. Everything I have is from God. And everything I have is for God. I don't work for the school board. I work for God. I get a paycheck from the school board, but I work for God. I don't work for the hospital administration as a nurse. I don't just work for the Air Force. No, no, no. I work for God. Don't treat the assignment that you have from your boss. Listen to me. Tomorrow when you get a new assignment from your boss, treat it like an assignment from Jesus and see how your perspective changes. 
stay-at-home mom, look at me. You're picking up Jesus' clothes. Come on, somebody. I said that for all the fellas and kids. You Come on, I'm, I'm washing Jesus' laundry right now. I'm doing what I'm doing for God. Are you understanding? Whatever you do, do it willingly. This report has to be my best if you're in college. Because I'm not turning it into my professor. I did this for Jesus. I'm turning it into God. The, I, everything I have comes from God. And everything I do is for God. Shout amen to that. Change your view on what you have and what you've been given. You and I have a part to play. Adam, I'm going to give you this whole garden. But you've got a part to play in the success of the garden. And as I open this series to you, i got to look you in the eye and tell you, the paradise that you're praying for, you have a part to play. We have a part to play as a church family. We have a part to play when we go to build a building together. Everyone has a part to play. When we put on portable church like what you see that happens here, that's absolutely amazing, by the way. By the way, we do what we do now with about one-third the same dream team that we did it with pre-COVID. The dream team is amazing. Say amen to that, everybody. Listen, but we do it together. It's not one. This church isn't built on the gifts and talents of one. It's built on the sacrifice of many. Your life, you have a part to play. Well, why can't God just give me paradise? He will. But you got to work it. Take care of it. Adam, I I created it all, but I gave you an assignment to steward it well. I gave you your health. I gave you that talent. I gave you that job. I gave you that thing. By the way, that thing you're complaining about is the very thing you prayed for. I gave you all of that. I gave you the relationship. I gave you all of this. Now care for it. But don't just care for it so that you can multiply it. Care for it. Listen, remember the theme. Remember Romans 12. So that you can give it back to God as an offering. God... My work matters. My life matters. More than Sunday. I love this. I wouldn't trade this for anything. I love being with you at church online. I I, I love gathering the church together corporately. This is important and it's essential. I'll say it forever. I, I, I believe in what we do here. But this isn't the apex of Christianity. The apex of Christianity is what happens in this room translates to Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday. And it changes the world. That's what God's called us to do together. We were made for Monday. We were made for more than a holy huddle every Sunday. We were made to change the world together. We were made to be hope and light in an ever-increasing dark world. We were made to be a city set on a hill. I even like the way that sounds. We were made to be a city set on a hill whose light can't be hidden. We were made to be the salt of the earth who gives flavor and purpose to everything around us. You were made for more. And that's real legacy living. It's not building an empire. It's not building up my 401k. It's not building up a ranch on a hillside. Nothing's wrong with any of that. I want you to do all of that. But it's using everything that God gave me without complaining and without whining and realizing, you know what, this whole life, God, that you gave me, I'm going to give it back as an offering to you. came from God. It's for God. 
over the course of the next four weeks as we lead into At The Movies and you think about God's plan for you to change the world. When you look in your office and you realize God's put a whole bunch of people who are far from God, that He put you in that school so you could change that school. He put you in that office. He put you with those customers. He put you on that assembly line. He put you right in the middle of that so that something like an At The Movies could come along and you could invite someone who's far from God may not come any other time of the year to come hear a message of hope and healing using a blockbuster film, something simple like a modern-day parable. I want you to look at the next four weeks of your life knowing I got something to do. I got purpose in my life. God wants to turn the mundane of your life into the mission of your life. He wants to turn your job into joy again. He wants to turn your passions into purpose and He wants to turn the work of your life into the worship of your life. A couple of years ago, there was a big move to take your daughter to work day. You remember this? Anybody do that? You took your, like you took your son, you took your daughter. Did anybody participate in that when it was like, take your, yeah. Yeah, I remember that too. Take your kid to work day. Uh, thankfully, we don't do that in my office. Um, <laughs> I'm going to challenge you this week. Listen, you need to take God to work day. You need to do it tomorrow. You need to say, okay, God, I'm not just going to relegate what happened on Sunday to Sunday. I need you on Monday. I, I need you in my life. Don't just serve coffee tomorrow. Serve up joy tomorrow. Don't just sell a car. Offer hope to somebody. Don't just teach the lesson in your lesson plan. Share Jesus with students who are confused and hurting in this season. Am I helping you? Say amen. You have purpose. You've got destiny. You've got calling. And I don't want you to waste another day of 2020. Listen, letting it happen to you. I want you to get up tomorrow morning. Live with destiny and prayer. I was created to make a difference with my life. Brian Houston, the senior pastor, founder of Hillsong Church in Sydney, Australia. Now globally, senior pastor of Hillsong Church. Said this, I thought it was fantastic. Write this, this is his quote, and I'll pray for you. He said, the events of your life are your story. The fruit of your life is your testimony. But the impact of your life is your legacy. So many people just live in our events and tell our story over and over and over. We don't realize that's not our legacy. Those were just our stories. So many people have a testimony and you realize, man, I've been through a lot and I made it and the fruit of your life and the testimony that you have is wonderful, but that's not leaving something behind. But you can do something with your life that leaves a legacy. You can have an impact, leaves a legacy. That's the kind of life I want you to have. I think you were made for that kind of life. Bow your heads everywhere in a church online. Let me say a prayer for you. Father, I thank you today for God's word, and I thank you that you created me with purpose. You designed me with destiny. God, I pray for people today at church who maybe have been facing the mundane of their lives, the just get by. I don't know if I can do this anymore. Matter of fact, I'm praying specifically for people who feel like you're drowning in the mundane of your life. Matter of fact, right now the Holy Spirit's telling me there are people in church this weekend that feel like I'm ready to give up on the thing I'm doing. I know I went to school for it. I know it was 
I know this is the marriage I wanted, but I, I, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I, I know this was the career I prayed for, but I don't know if I can do this anymore. And I know I, I, I got to have something, but I just feel like I'm drowning. The mundane and the average. And I'm praying today, Father, that there would be new joy and passion. Father, I pray for a baptism of passion and fulfillment. And I'm not really even working for you. I'm not working for this engineering firm. I'm not working for this school board. I'm, I, I'm, not even, I'm not working for you. No, no, no. God gave me this. God has a plan for my life. I'm bigger than this. I'm not bigger than you. I'm just, I've, I've got bigger purpose than this. I'm called to do more. If, if, if I'm praying for you, I, I just want to know, if that's you, would you just raise your hand and say, that's me. I know that feeling. There you are. There you are. There you are. I just know there's more. I just know there's more purpose. Father, I pray today, in this very moment, you would translate this simple message about purpose. Turn it into calling. Turn it into passion. That I realize that everything I have comes from God. And it's good. That God, you've blessed me beyond my wildest imagination, more than I could have possibly dreamed. You've blessed my family. You've blessed our home. I thank you that you've blessed Brandy and I. I thank you for what you've blessed us with. God, as we come into 2020 and as, as we end this year, we realize how different the landscape of our own personal lives look than they did in January and February. But I want you to know it's good. It's good. It's good. I'm thankful for it. It came from you. God, I'm going to give you back. Now, this is your part to pray. God, I'm going to give you back everything you gave me. It's for you. It's for you. I'm not teaching these kids for me. I, God, when I look into their eyes tomorrow, it's for you. I'm working for the Lord. God, when I show up at that dealership tomorrow, it's for God. I, I, I'm helping people. I, I may sell trucks and cars, but I'm giving hope. When I show up on the, on the force tomorrow, when I protect and serve in our community, it, it, it's really about hope and healing and joy. And God, I, I'm there for you. I may get a paycheck from the city, but I'm there for you. God, I pray for people today at Church Online that recognize they have destiny and purpose. Not to dread Mondays. No, no, no. The faith I feel right now is for Monday. And while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, if you've never given everything in your life to Jesus, or it's been a whole long time of your life that you feel like, man, it's been a, it's been a whole lifetime, it feels like. I, I'm so cold or separated from God. I can't feel purpose because I don't even know that I can feel God in this moment. If that's you, and you need to surrender your heart to Jesus, let me lead you in a simple prayer of surrender. Sounds like this, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for dying for my sins. I believe that God raised you from the dead. Because of the resurrection, I can have new life and hope and a future, eternal life in heaven with you, but abundant life on earth. So I give you everything. Surrender my whole life. Repent of all my sins. And I receive grace and mercy today. In Jesus' mighty name, 
And everybody shout a big amen. Come on, give God praise for his word, everybody.